1: you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website which is com. it is friday it is august 20th and you can have a there's a lot of news but i'll tell you what takes over the news and that is when suddenly you have a hurricane that could be coming our way let's get the latest this is the report this morning that was on good morning america hurricane watch has been posted let's get
2: to where right. it is right now it is tropical storm almost hurricane strength between florida and bermuda still about 780 miles away uh, from the coastlines of, uh, of the cape but the track as mentioned will take it north and strengthen it's going to cross the gulf stream and that will uh, help uh, intensify it and per- potentially bring it onshore as a category one storm sometime during the day on, on Sunday. Long Island up through uh, Rhode Island and all of the southern uh, New England coastline will be under the gun here for wind, surge and rain. Hurricane watches have been posted uh, for this area and that means that hurricane conditions are uh, likely here in the next 48 hours and almost as far back as New York City we have tropical storm uh, watches as well. Alright, here's one of our, our forecast models showing you the, the potential track of this thing somewhere up to near at bay maybe buzzards bay there's some uncertainty here but what is uh, striking here is the symmetry of the symmetrical of the storm meaning that the, the west side should be just as strong as the east side and the amount of rain coming with this shortly after fred came through we are going to see flooding amy over to you all right we know you will-
1: all right so folks that is the national report and obviously you hear the mention of rhode island sunday is the day so today is friday you have tomorrow to get ready sunday could be a stormy day into monday um and then to me, the biggest thing is the power outage, right? Unless you're down by the shore, that's going to be the the biggest problem. But suddenly now we have to deal with the hurricane. Now, let's get to the latest. A uh, couple of, of updates. I was at the Governor McKee press briefing yesterday. The governor now is mandating masks for students in public schools. If you go to a private school, that's up to them. But if you send your child to a public school, they're making it mandatory. Now... This is different because in the past, he would say he would let the different districts decide. They've decided to get away from that. Now, what is the latest in Afghanistan? Things are actually if it's possible, but they're getting worse, and it's chaos. This is the report this morning on uh, Good Morning America. Safe
3: outside the Kabul airport, 15,000 Americans and up to 60,000 Afghans who've helped the U.S. desperate to leave the country. One shocking moment as an infant can be seen handed to oh, U.S. troops over God. the laser of Wall. This, as some planes have been departing with empty seats because people can't get through Taliban-run checkpoints on their way to the airport. With more than 5,200 100 U.S. troops already on the ground at the airport. Officials say they're upping efforts to process and evacuate the thousands of Americans and Afghans who helped the U.S. We've got additional consular officers now at these additional gates with additional troops helping the consular officers. Officials saying that overnight there were 20 flights lined up to get people out the country. With 3,000 evacuations Thursday, the United States has rescued approximately 9,000
2: people since Sunday. This is absolutely an all-hands-on-deck effort to ensure the safety of our personnel and citizens, rally our allies and partners, and organize the evacuation of thousands and thousands. Why
1: wasn't of disorganized this organized ahead of the time? The Taliban cracks down on defiance from crowds here who
3: took to the streets of Kabul Thursday to celebrate the country's day of independence, daring to parade a massive Afghan flag through the streets. The Taliban breaking up the demonstration with gunfire. The American citizen David Fox is stuck in Kabul with his wife and child desperate to leave the country at one point making it to the airport but getting turned
2: away we decided on the advice of my state department friend to make a run for the airport i actually got whacked with um you know, with one of these, like, you know,
3: fan belts for not moving fast enough. And it's not just Americans desperate to get out. There are reports that Taliban officials are now conducting door-to-door searches for people who worked with U.S. allied forces. ABC News has received audio from a human rights lawyer, Kim Motley, of an Afghan military pilot still in the country pleading for help. We're not using his name for his own safety. The situation is getting worse
4: and worse, and the Taliban are just trying to... Uh, find us and they were searching for us they called us and they called me especially that where I am and they told me that anywhere I should go anywhere I go they will
3: find me and they will kill me despite the heartache for many new images of the few who finally made it to safety these Afghans huddled together on a US airbase in Qatar and I'm certain but perhaps more peaceful
1: future. Folks, th- this is a disaster. It's chaos. It falls with President Biden. Again, you're listening to the John DiPietro show. And over the course, of, I recognize the hurricane is going to be the big story locally now that's going to take us starting really today. And then over the course of the weekend, hurricane right now. When you hear Rhode Island mentioned on the national news, that's big. And the hurricane really. Uh, sounds like it's going to be uh, an, an event sunday all day sunday and then into monday so heavy heavy rain and flooding but right now this could be a category one hurricane um as far as the mass like all those things i think are just kind of pushed off to the side a little bit because the main focal point of news and attention will be on a hurricane bearing down on rhode island in some ways it's it's an advantage for Governor McKee because then he gets to play the role of the, the governor in charge during the course of a hurricane, which can you know be good for imaging. Uh, but I want to get to, um, folks, a lot more fallout on President Biden as it should be and how he dropped it let's go back to on the
5: chaotic withdrawal from afghanistan now fueling fresh (laughs) criticism in his only interview since the taliban overtook the country biden telling abc's george stephanopoulos that no one predicted it would
2: happen so quickly back in july you said a taliban takeover was highly unlikely was the intelligence wrong or did you downplay it i think uh, there was no consensus you go back and look at the intelligence reports they said that it was li- more likely to be sometime by the end of the year. But, uh, you didn't put a timeline on when you said it was highly unlikely, you just said flat out it's highly unlikely the Taliban would take over. The idea that the Taliban would take over was premised on the notion that the uh, that somehow the 300,000 troops we had trained and equipped was going to just collapse. They were going to give up. I don't think anybody anticipated that.
5: But a source tells ABC that American officials at the embassy in Kabul did warn that Afghanistan was on the brink, warning the administration in a mid-July message of the Taliban's swift advance and that Kabul could fall shortly after the end of August, the deadline the White House set for the drawdown. A State Department spokesperson declined to comment on that message, but said that the Secretary of State reads every communication of the kind and encourages officials to raise concerns. That source also says the officials urged the State Department to begin airlifting Afghan allies out immediately, but in one month, that evacuation effort brought fewer than 2,000 Afghans out, leaving tens of thousands frantic for escape. The president has staunchly defended his exit strategy, saying turmoil was inevitable. So
2: you don't think this could have been handled, this exit could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No. I, I I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there we, we're going to go back in hindsight and look, but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens.
5: Republicans slamming that statement, Senator Tom Cotton calling it a bald-faced lie, and Congresswoman Liz Cheney tweeting a truly ignorant and shameful performance by an American president. And in response to some of that criticism, White House officials tell me this withdrawal has not been botched, raising the point that Americans have not lost their lives in this process. The president is expected to address the situation in Afghanistan once again later today.
1: Well, folks, you know, this is what we're dealing with. If, if you have a situation where the president of the United States is trying to pretend that it really was not the chaos that we're seeing, this, this is also, by the way, this is going to go on for quite some time. I mean, we're in mid to late August, but th- this is going to be going on for quite some time. Um, this is not just going to, this is going to bog down this White House. This is also one of the problems when you have someone who is not at their peak performance. Uh, because ultimately, <clears throat> what's interesting about this, you're hearing a lot of the military advisors, the top intelligence brass. They Listen, they're not going to take the fall on this. And they're experts in uh, CYA. And that's why all this leaking is going on. Where they're making it clear to the press that they gave him every option. But you just wonder just how engaged the president was. Was this a decision? Was he really fully aware of the consequences when he made the decision? And this that this doesn't just look bad now. This is going to look bad a month from now. Um, what a, what a disaster. All right. We have a lot more ahead. You're listening on AM 1380, 99.9 FM to the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508 508- or skilled labor, or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, meager professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let meager professionals help you find the workers. Meager professionals, 508-336-7801.
6: That's 401 321 2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com.
1: This summer, let JKL Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. JKL Engineering, call them today 401 351 7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts jkl it's going to be a hot summer ahead called jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available remember with jkl 54 years in business reputation is second to none especially for technical expertise customer satisfaction jkl is an approved national grid vpi installer they're also a navian certified factory dealer Call jkl for a system replacement oil to gas for a heat pump Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Joining us right now, he is retired Amy Ranger. uh, And on top of that, served in Afghanistan, also Iraq. He is the author of the book, Leave No Man Behind. Former member of the elite 75th Army Ranger Regiment Deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq Support of the global war on terror It is our honor to welcome to the program And it is Dr. Tony Brooks Doctor, uh, thank you for taking the time to speak to us On the John petro Show
6: yeah, Thanks for having me
1: Doctor, I'd like to start off with You have experience You were on the ground in Afghanistan And the uh, something that The Biden administration is almost seemingly not even acknowledging, and that is the progress that women have made in the past twenty years in Afghanistan.
6: Yeah, I mean it's it's a stark contrast of what was happening during the Taliban years to, you know, just a few weeks prior to today. Women were not allowed to walk on the streets without a chaperone, show their skin, speak in public. Uh, hold any type of job or go to school under the Taliban. So when the United States moved into Afghanistan, women were essentially set free from slavery. Wow. And what we're watching right now is, you know, likely going right back to that. It's probably one of the worst, you know, human rights issues we've seen in our lifetime.
1: I'm curious to what your reaction was just watching the events unfold from late last week over the weekend into Monday.
6: You know, uh, my book came out on Tuesday and that was supposed to be a very happy day. And for the most part it was, but only a few days later I'm watching on TV. Um, You know, I was angry. I was sad, you know, disappointed, disappointed, uh, I felt left behind, uh, ironically, given the name of my book. You know, it it's, it's one of the worst moments of my life, watching this on TV. Uh, I, and I, I think that says a lot. I mean, you, you know the topic of my book is about a very ugly rescue in Afghanistan. Yep. And I've never felt so many emotions in such a short period of time in my life uh, this past week.
1: Doctor, what steps do you think right now? Because certainly now there's the, there's the possibility that the Taliban could suddenly decide that they're going to take hostages with many of the Americans that are stranded in the country, can't get to the airport, basically in hiding. Uh, we don't know how many Americans are there. This, this, is not, this is not going to end this week. I don't think it's going to end next week. Um, what, what, what steps could the United States take right now?
6: You know, I don't think it's just the United States problem at this point. Okay. I think the international community needs to step up and say, hey, we're, we're going to take back this airport and we're going to secure it and we're going to start getting people out. And, you know, we've already negotiated with the Taliban once and that didn't work out so well. I mean, what's stopping us from from trying to negotiate now? We won't we will not take you out if you get if you let us get our people out yep i mean what what are we losing there nothing we've already lost so that's my opinion on that on that matter but this is going to be lasting a while i believe
1: folks again uh you're listening this is dr tony brooks uh his new book out and and um the title is leave no man behind obviously president biden doesn't exactly so far uh, believe in that If, if you could also address on you know, President, some President, Doctor, some of President Biden's comments of, you know, I'm not going to pass this on to another president and no other American life, and just the real cold hard attitude that he took in that speech to the country on Monday.
6: Yeah, it was it was very disappointing for me. I mean, I think most people can agree that yes, we wanted to get our troops out but no one wanted this. No one wanted troops to come out and to be all for nothing. How did we not have a peacekeeping mission in there? Um, I mean, I don't know if you've you've looked at, if anyone wants to review some of the reports on Afghanistan from the uh, Special Inspector General, it's sigar.mil, and this is the Specially Appointed Inspector General's website. They've been reporting quarterly on the reconstruction of Afghanistan. This has not been a secret. We knew this was very likely to happen, and we just simply didn't have a plan to avoid it. what what can, disappointing.
1: What can you tell us about your time in Afghanistan? You were deployed there 2005. Um, what, what part of the country were you there? Were you in? What can you tell us about it in any type of interaction that you had with members of the Taliban?
6: You know, I, I didn't have a lot of interaction with the Taliban when I was there. My time in Afghanistan was basically on Operation Red Wings, which was the rescue of the lone survivor. The rest of the time was mostly training. It was, a, it was an odd time during the war where the special operations units weren't doing much because we were trying to win the hearts and minds at that time. So, you know, I'm probably not the best to talk about interaction with the Taliban. But I will say this. You know, in 2005, we were mostly done with our mission. And it picked up again later (laughs) because of our inaction. So,
7: you know, this has been a disaster for a long time. And we've known it.
1: How how would you describe the Taliban as an enemy? I mean, people are hearing it about it, but the, most people that I talk to and listeners, they, they don't have a full feel on what type of enemy they are, what their goals are, what type of leadership they are. What, what type of enemy is the Taliban?
6: I'd say the Taliban are some of the most fierce fighters in the world. They've grown up in war. They lived their entire life in war. That's all they know. And to, to go into a country to try to fight an enemy like that, you have to be willing to fight. And, you know, I, I don't think that we were ever, you know, given permission to win this war.
7: Hmm.
6: I called it in my book, I said this was a war of whack-a-mole. This was not a war, it was, it was a game of whack-a-mole. We were only allowed to hit the mole when it popped up. And that's what we've been doing for the past 20 years. So, I mean, you can see the results of it.
1: Folks, again, we are speaking with Dr. Tony Brooks. And, Doctor, I I am um, very curious what type of thoughts and emotions and feelings you have as we approach the 20th anniversary of September 11th.
6: Yeah, I I don't know how that's going to go yet. I mean, I... I was a freshman in college on 9-11, and I was there for maybe three weeks when when 9-11 happened. And at that moment, I wanted to leave school and join the military. So, you know, it has a big impact on my life. You know, it turned me into an Army Ranger. So this year in particular is probably going to be one of the toughest and it's it's a little unfortunate because I think there's a whole generation, you know, there's a 20 year old out there right now that really has no connection to 9 11, and we basically fought a shadow war for 20 years. Hmm. So it, it, I think the general population isn't going to really care, and that's disheartening for someone who, you know, went off to fight a war because of it. So I fully expect it to be a very rough
1: 9-11. Folks, again, it's Dr. Tony Brooks. By the way, his new book now, Leave No Man Behind. And, Doctor, before I let you go, if you could just touch on that th- this is not just a book about the military. This is, you know, this Leave No Man Behind, Team First, this is something that could be implemented basically in any organization where you have different types of people involved with a common goal.
6: Absolutely. I mean, the whole, the whole mantra of leave no man behind is that, you know, it's been around since the beginning of time and in war, one thing that allows us to do things that normally we wouldn't do is that we know that every single person is coming home and we know that no matter what happens, our buddies are going to come get us, you know, dead or alive. And that allows, that allows your mind to do things and your body to do things that you never would do. So I think, yes, that should be in every organization should be thinking about this.
1: How is the mission bigger than an individual person? Folks, again, the book is Leave No Man Behind. Dr. Tony Brooks, former member of the Elite 75th Army Ranger Regiment.
7: three two one two seven nine nine that's four oh one three two one two seven nine nine or find karen on the web at www.innovast.com
1: summer's here you want to stay nice and healthy for you and your family pop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can call her at four zero one three zero five thirty five eighty five. it's my health right in that old white church Di- diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, it's my health where you're going to find vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, octave skin brushes, also over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. It's My Health, where you'll find hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use, natural skin care products, hair care products, essential oils, body oils, and soaps. It's My Health. Stop it in C. Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, or call a 401-305-3585. Shop local and stay healthy with It's My Health right across the street from Davenport Restaurant listening to the john dipetro show joining us right now well he is the senior white house reporter for the wall street journal fascinating new book frankly we did win this election the inside story how trump lost we want to welcome to the program and it's michael bender michael it's john dipetro congratulations on the book
4: thank you so much john thanks for
1: having me very um uh anxious to hear about especially you know normally i say i read the book and normally i do read the book but i i got it late so i'll just be completely honest i didn't finish it i started to go through it just so you know so some of my questions may be like it sounds like he didn't read the book but could you um i'm really interested about the um the part of the book you touch on is as far as brad pascales and just everything surrounding him uh basically leaving the campaign
4: yeah, I mean, it. it, it Brad is um, has never been part of any campaign uh, until 2016, when he's uh, he, he basically starts building the website and ends the race as the as the data director, which is uh, a huge role in any campaign um, in the modern and uh, the modern era now. And then is put in charge of everything. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, and and, and probably. You know, doesn't deserve to be in a in a in a senior role in any presidential campaign, uh, given his experience. But in a weird way, for a, a candidate like Trump, he's he's almost a perfect campaign manager. They're on the. He and Trump have a very similar take on 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 media and promotion and PR. Uh, and 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 Brad leans into the idea, as Trump did in 2016, that that branding is kind of its own. Um, uh, uh, engine for momentum and energy and fundraising, and so he basically builds um, an advertising company. Uh, you know, in lieu of a campaign, um, and in process becomes very close with with the Trump family. Views himself, uh, which is, becomes a fatal error, um, as another one of uh, another Trump kid. Becomes very very close with with uh, Eric and Lara uh, and Jared. But at the end of the day, um, there's a very clear line um, between family and staff. And then, you know, no more, no more so than in Trump in Trump world and in the in the Trump orbit. And when it, you know, and when the sort of rubber hits the, hits the road here, and they have to make a decision and things, you know, they, 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 they kind of faced with a choice. The president's faced with a choice. He can he can recalibrate his message. He can start to show more discipline. This is a summer of 2020 um, when you know COVID's hitting and his and his the economy's tanked, and he he needs to uh, readjust. So he can either do that himself and readjust his message or shake up the campaign and as uh, and as jared was telling people this is detailed in the book um around that time you know jared knows what's going to happen you know and the president's not going to put the blame on himself he's not going to take that responsibility himself so it's going to fall to him to shake up the campaign and and brad is the one who uh who gets knifed here and it was a it was a devastating moment for brad he um he just did not see it coming and never thought that he would be um, uh, handled really as coldly as as it was. It was uh, Jared showed up in the office and said, "This is it. You're you're not going to be back in your old job uh, as data director. And we're going to put someone else in charge of the campaign." And it was um, it, it it took it, it took Brett a long long time to recover from that.
1: You know, the last time I saw him was the night before the uh, New Hampshire primary. I covered the rally they had in Nashua, Michael and. And as you know, he's so tall, he was taking photos. He had gone beyond... You know, just someone most of the time people have no idea who the campaign people are. He was like almost like a celebrity in his outright. He was loving it. I had a chance to talk to him very briefly, and he was like, ah, this is in the bag. We got, This was February right before the pandemic hit. But who is it? Can you touch on it? And you talk about this in the book. And, folks, again, we're speaking with Michael Bender, uh, Wall Street Journal, also has this new book out, and it's fantastic. Frankly, we did win this election. How, um, who his replacement was and how that came about? Uh, you talk about Bill Stepien. Yes. Yeah. So this is um,
4: uh, it, it, it's it's another. Uh, it was really fun part to uh, report for me on the book. It's something that um, uh, I really didn't realize in in real time was was how much of a New Jersey connection there was for Trump world. Hmm. I'm talking, you know, Chris Christie is a character throughout. Yep. Um, you know, and Kellyanne Conway's from New Jersey. Michael Glasner, a name probably not a lot of people know, but was. in charge of the rallies is a is a is a new jersey guy and um they had put at the end of the race another new jersey in front and in, in charge of the campaign bill stepion and um you know this i think is a is, is a is a fatal error for trump not not stepion himself um but that they, they he changes directions st-
1: All right, folks. We're speaking with uh, Michael Bender, and um, and we're fo- folks. We're speaking with Michael Bender again. His new book, frankly, we did win the election. Michael, pick it up right from there about uh, Bill Stepien.
4: Yeah. So the, the, uh, a, a fatal year here is, is is really like where they um changed Brad for Bill, and and not that Bill is incapable, but that Brad, as I had mentioned, Pascal uh, had built an, an advertising firm essentially for the for the camp for the reelection campaign and and bill is not is not that tight bill was more of an accountant um and and, and a nuts and bolts and numbers guy so it was um it took Stepion and his crew uh, weeks if not months to really understand what 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 had was trying to do or uh, and 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 readjust and you know had made decisions that, that Stepien would not have, and he tried to unwind that. And what ended up happening is in the final weeks of the campaign, the final couple months of the race, uh, Stepien is rebuilding the entire data operation. Hmm. He restructures the entire polling operation. Uh, and these, these things take time and energy. Um, and and it was shocking for me reporting this, um, that this was a campaign, it was a $2 billion operation. It'd been up and running for three years and they were doing only getting around to some of the metrics um, in, in, in the final weeks that they should have been doing uh, in the opening weeks.
1: And, and who was the person that he did, in fact, offer the job to before he, he gave it to Bill? Because I thought Bill was a Hannity guy that was brought in from Fox. No, no. Bill's a Chris Christie guy. Bill oh, Chris is, um, Christie guy. Okay.
4: <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Bill was, um, and not really even a Chris Christie guy. This is another kind of fascinating angle. He was, he ran Chris Christie's campaigns in New Jersey, uh, the the election and the re-election, which were big wins for Christie and the and the Republican Party there. Hmm. But Bill had a key role in the Bit Bridgegate saga. Oh wow! And Christie blamed him for not for not telling Christie what was going on in real time. And their relationship breaks. They don't talk to each other for years.
0: <clears throat>
4: and then what ends up happening is that Stepien finds his way into Trump world. Christie has known Trump for years, decades, right? So there would be moments where you know, Bill went to work initially in the White House after the 2016 years. There are moments in the White House here where Christy's coming out of the Oval Office, Stepien's
1: going in, huh.
4: and the, the two men, you know, won't even look at each other.
1: Wow. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the Trump world in a, in a nutshell there. Um but
4: no this is a uh, um you know the 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 summer of 2020 where, where Trump wants to replace Brad he offers the, the job to Bannon Steve Bannon, bannon Whoa, really? Won't, yeah. well, wow really yeah you know, it doesn't get to a formal uh, offer but, but still but he wants to bring Bannon back in to 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 talk about the job um, and and sends word this is this is a associate in the book wants to send word to bannon that he'll He'll, he'll take the meeting only after Bannon goes on TV and says uh, how much he would love the job, and if he does that, then he could come in and, and they can you know they can talk about the specifics. And Bannon, having gone through this several times before already, just says you know thanks but no thanks. Uh, also in the book, he offers a job to Ronna McDaniel, who's in charge of the Republican Party, the Republican Party chairwoman. Wow, I don't even know how that would even work, <laughs> but uh, Ronna also turns him down.
1: Folks, again, we're speaking with Michael Bender, who his new book, Frankly, We Did Win This Election, The Inside Story, How Trump Lost. Hey, Michael, just touch on also the uh, the title, because that is the, uh, the line that he delivered, that just, you know, the place erupted as he was uh, giving the speech. And I think kind of set the tone that they were not going to go quietly into the night. How did you settle on that as the title?
4: Uh, you know, it was for me it just sort of uh, encapsulated uh you know the the, the 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 sort of dichotomy of trump trump and trump world here i mean he he, he boards that unscripted line out um on election <laughs> night when not only had he not won but we didn't know who won right and um <laughs> you know it's an example of trump trying to impose reality his own reality uh on the situation and you know it really does sort of get to explain him and how uh, something like January 6th happens, um, you know, and then the, you know, it's, it's sort of the subtitle, but I kind of think of it all as one title, you know, how he
1: lost because he did lose and it's important to be very frank and clear about that. You know, what is uh, very interesting. And again, folks, the book is, frankly, we did win this election inside story, how Trump lost by Michael Bender. Michael, the the, the president, President Trump at the time seemed, as you write, insistent. He, he was positive, that the Democrats were going to pull a fast one, and somehow Joe Biden was not going to be the nominee. I—that is incredible.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's so much infighting around Trump uh, over everything. My God, and and especially over Biden, not whether uh, whether to attack him, when to attack him, how early to attack him, what to attack him over. Um, and and some of it's, I think, some of it's legitimate. You know, the sort of normal. You know, back and forth between political advisors that that, that usually happens, um, and uh, some of it's personal. These personal rivalries that have been um, simmering for years and years, and trying to get a one up over Trump, and he's and he's not well served by it, um, and it, and it creates a situation where he Trump convinces himself that that Biden is going to be somehow replaced on the Democratic ticket, which is, uh, you know, I, I hesitate to even call it a conspiracy theory because I I, I haven't heard that anywhere else it just sort of you know this theory that kind of creates itself out of nowhere um that uh you know that some people around him were not willing to uh were not willing to say was 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 was, was nuts right and what, what happens like how do i find out about it the the, the head pollster the chief pollster i, I someone leaked me a memo in which uh the chief pollster of the campaign has to use a page and a half of a three-page memo in the middle of the race to walk through the math about why Biden is, in fact, the nominee, why, in fact, he's not going to have it stolen, and why that's, uh, you, know, the, you know, that it's nonsense.
1: And again, folks, the book is what a great summer read. Frankly, we did win this election by Michael Bender. Michael, before I let you go, I've interviewed before Rona McDaniel, but another part of the book you write about... This uh, and I remember it being in the news, but you know then you'd never know the behind the scenes, but sounds like it was a complete blowout between Jared Kushner and Rona McDaniel with the Republican National Committee chairwoman
4: yeah again, this is one of these one of the dynamics uh, that is sort of simmering underneath Trump the whole time uh and this is over a fight about uh, some some exclusive software to raise money for the for Republican candidates, basically the Republican version of Act of Blue, right. Um, and uh, Jared wants to build the software himself, and and McDaniel, Ronald McDaniel wants it to be uh, a, a unit of the Republican Party, a, you know, in, uh, an asset of the party that can go on to uh, uh, you know help Republican candidates and in in, in party into the future, and and it, it it comes to a boil when 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 Jared tells her, you know. I don't give an ass about the Republican Party, and Ronna is responsible. Well, that that's that's good for me to know, and and decides to run for re-election to the party, you know, in based in part uh, on her concern about what what you know what Jared's going to do with a you know with these assets that are um, you know crucial for the for the party in its future.
1: One final question before I let you go. I know you yeah. get asked this all the time, but do you do you think he's going to run again in twenty four? Does he know? Uh, you know, how, how, when do you think you'll know or that the general public yeah. will know if it's real?
4: Yeah, I think well, I, what I do know is that his advisors are telling him um, that he needs to wait until at least after
1: 2022.
4: Yeah. In part because, it, it, you know, it doesn't make really much sense either way to announce a decision now.
1: Right. And um, he does. Um, he's pretty invested in those midterm elections, right? He's made a, a couple dozen endorsements. That's uh, right. All the way from. U.S. Senate to Staten Island Borough President,
4: and some of them are Republican primaries where he's backing the challenger, which is no easy task even for a popular uh, former president within the party. Um, so he's got to see how that plays out, and that'll be important data points for him, um, you know. And the and what those data points are, are going to be about how Republicans have a, a choice here in 22, and it's whether or not to redefine the party post-Trump. And I got I, I don't know what that choice is going to be but i do know that this book uh provides them with the the information and and the data points where they are going into that into these elections into this uh choice um with their eyes wide open
1: one final final question last summer and then into the fall as you were involved with this with the day-to-day did was it did did it occur to you then that this was just like a once in a lifetime moment that you were covering a campaign that was literally I mean the ups and downs every single day and when you think about it and look back at just how exhausting that was and just the amount of time it was consuming and it's one thing after another did, was it were you aware of that in the moment?
4: You mean in twenty twenty or
1: in twenty twenty? yeah oh i mean a hundred percent right like it's I, there's never been I,
7: i've been i've been in journalism for for, for two dozen years i uh, worked in newspapers in ohio and
4: colorado and florida before i got to washington i've never covered anyone like donald trump there will never be there's never been a political story like donald trump period in my lifetime and then um uh to throw a uh, you know, a uh, once in a hundred year pandemic, uh, <laughs> r- uh, race riots from, you know, and, uh, racial tensions that rivaled the 1960s uh, and 70s and economic collapse that uh, that rivaled the, the Great Depression, like all these major moments in the U.S. history all <laughs> happening in one year. Um, and uh, and I decided to write a book in the middle of all of it. Um, yeah, it was it was. Ex-
1: mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today. 401-431-2300. MEGA, MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today. 401 401- 431 2300 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MIGA Logistics. 401-431-2300.
7: 321 2799. That's 401 321 2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
1: For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote 401 439 6028. Yankee Tree Service 401 439 6028 fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist yankee tree service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding yankee tree service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps tree pruning You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed Arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote, 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com.
5: 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members, your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now?
3: I think the people who are running the place are still working on that, and I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet.
0: Blaming all on his ribs, or in a blue-blooded snoot, his birth was a black-tie fan. It's all who you know, that Claus von Beutelow, he just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. At Baileys, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue. (laughs) You'll never hear Sheldon complain. With the lead, waspy crowds, where four decades kept the Jews away. And BLF cannot stay. Well, he's not big on diverse faces. Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis. Sheldon likes the clubs with white faces. Oh,
5: Do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club, again, in this day and age, should these clubs continue to
1: exist?
3: It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them.
1: 272 3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain. 401 272 3340. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now remember, if you want to get a hold of me, The easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram calvino call for a free consultation today 401-785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com Were you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident motorcycle accident slip and fall workplace injury fight back call jack free consultation 401-785-9400 50 years personal injury law experience and his office 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should. But it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation, 401 785 Jack Calvino, four oh one seven eight five ninety four hundred or online fight back call jack.com.
0: I can breathe clearly now, my mask is gone. Nothing but a big smile for all to see. Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air My lungs will be full, full, full full of clean air My lungs will be full, 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 full of beautiful air My lungs will be full, full, full full of clean air My lungs will be full, 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 full of beautiful air